York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm talking, talking, I'm talking straight out. out New York, New York, big city of dreams. He'll give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time. And it's time to talk about a Knicks win. Some of you might have wanted the Knicks to lose. Some of you might have wanted the Knicks to win. But all in all, the Knicks win. So we're going to celebrate the wins here on the channel. So the gunshots for these Knicks. Knicks beat the Cavs 92-81. Jalen Brunson leads this team, gives you 23 points, four assists, two rebounds, one block and a turnover on the night. RJ Barrett started off slow, one of eight from the field to begin, but finishes, finishes though, with 15 points, one assist, and a rebound. Randall gives you 18 points, four assists, and a rebound, and quickly chips in with 12, and I heart, Hartenstein, playing a little bit better defense lately, gives you 10 points, and nine rebounds and the Knicks win. <sighs> so and we're going to talk about it all before we talk about it. Uh, listen, first you already know what to do. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and also go to fubutv.com slash KOT to watch all Knicks games for free for seven days. If you go to fubutv.com slash KOT, yeah, let them know KOT sent you. Get to watch these Knicks games for free for seven days. If you decide to get it and actually purchase FUBUTV, we get a little bit of a cut. So shout out to FUBUTV for linking with KOT. All right, all right. Now, let me introduce my guy. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Fibs was not stagnant tonight. He went a bit different with the rotations, and it produced a win. It did produce a win. You know what? Let me, let me start with your thoughts on the game, Ryan. Let's we'll start there. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, it, it started, you know, we, we, we played okay to defense. It seems like we responded to tips. The, the, it was being reported that we spent uh all morning all day look for an hour or so looking at film sessions of three-point defense we played a top three-point shooting team in the league it should be disaster but actually the knicks responded today yeah man so first and foremost i'm gonna say this so i know the majority of us say that we want dips out but here's the thing the team still responds to dips because the only way this is going, to, is going to be out is if the Knicks have consistent bad performances. What did the Knicks do today after they had a bad performance yesterday against the Mavericks? They came back today, played exceptional defense, and got a win against the Cavs, which I think the Cavs are like number three currently in the East at the moment. So mm -hmm. that's number one. But as, uh, in regards to the game, um, yeah, I saw – well – like I said, Dibs went with a different rotation. He sat Rose on the bench. He sat Cam on the bench. Yep. And, and that went with McBride coming off the bench. And actually, McBride was the first guard off the bench along with Quickly in today's game. And him, when he was on the court with Quickly and Grimes, 
those three together really locked down the perimeter for the Knicks. Garland had a bad shooting night. He, had, he shot 5 of 19 from the field. Donovan Mitchell had a bad shooting night. He, had, he shot 8 of 22 from the field. And those dudes really swarmed those guys on the perimeter and made them uncomfortable all game. And that was pretty much the difference of the game because neither team shot great from the field. I think, nope. what, the Cavs shot like 8 of 35 from three. Yep. The Knicks shot like 5, five of 29 mm-hmm. from three. So neither team could get really get it going on a defensive end. So what was going to be the fact of the win this game was defense and the Knicks showed up today. They played defense and, you know, we talk about this being stagnant with, you know, making changes and things like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like some games he reverts back to his old self and he doesn't make any changes in the middle of the game, which causes the Knicks to lose some games. But then there's other games like this where Thibs actually kind of like tries something outside the box that he would normally do. And as a result, we got a result tonight. So, you know, Thibs definitely deserves some credit tonight for making the change that he did. And, you know, with Deuce, IQ, and Grimes in the backcourt together playing defense, it definitely helps the Knicks, especially, you know, a team that, yeah, at, at times can go in like offensive like slumps. Yes, and you need guys on the court that need you need guys on the court that's going to play consistent defense. And one and one more thing too. Julius Randle. I, I I don't know if y'all saw this play. Uh, y'all probably did, but I had to give my I like I I literally got up out of my seat and gave my man a standing ovation because there was a play I think in the third quarter where he got the ball in the corner for three. He shot and missed. And that man did a full sprint back on defense to stop the fast break for the Cavs. And I, I wish I could see this effort more often from Julius Randle and the, and the Knicks players in general. But just the fact that he did that, and, I, and that's something that we don't normally see from yeah. Julius Randle, I was like, yo, I, I, I stood up on my seat and gave that man a standing ovation. I was like, I just wish that y'all play with this effort every single night. <laughs> They definitely showed up on the defensive end. Yeah, the defense is 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 what's needed for this team. Listen, we are thirtieth in three point shooting in the league. Thirtieth. <laughs> At this point, if we are thirtieth in three point shooting in the league, and we're getting to the line, and we're, we're getting to the hole with gusto, and our pace, and our paint touches, and our and our our our. our, our our uh, shooting in the paint is keeping us in the game. At this point, we might just have to triple down on defense because we can't score. We're not a team we can score at this point, so we're gonna have to triple down on defense. So I'm I'm happy that we finally got Deuce in this game because it seemed like Derrick Rose is a dead man walking for a while. He started to get a little bit of his touch back from the offensive end, but in the grand scheme of things. When we're talking about a next year, two years, three years, four years from now, we can't over overly rely on these veterans who are a couple of years from being out of the league and sit guys on the bench who really need to play to develop. Deuce is out here balling in the G League and then gets into the NBA and can't shoot a lick because he has he needs to get his confidence up. He needs to get some rhythm. So First good move for Tibbs today, who's coaching for his job, was to get Deuce into this game. And the combination of Deuce, Grimes, and quickly on the defensive end in that first quarter, I felt 
was was a big influence on pushing the lead a little because those guys are a menace that first quarter i seen a couple of open threes from that group and i'm sitting here like dog you guys just had this whole hour film session on how not to you know leave open threes and you're starting to do it again but you know what at the end of the day they only scored 16 points in the first quarter when i say they i mean the calves that is a season low for the knicks so that this lets me know that the knicks have it in them to produce but thibodeau you have to hold these guys accountable or it's, you're gonna be out of here bro you're gonna be out yeah, it's just grass. There's no more coddling Julius Randle or even Brunson or any of these guys who don't play defense. RJ, consistently, you have to reward the players who play defense. And that's kind of what he did today, with the exception of one man who I'm probably going to talk about in, in, in a second. But, um, yeah, Tibbs got scared. When I saw Deuce come in the game, you know what I first thought about, Ryan? I thought about Ian Beckley being here talking about if we're losing and Cam is not getting minutes, then there's going to be a problem because then that's when the firing might happen. Now, and coincidentally, Cam got zero minutes today. Yeah. Tiz uh, with a nine-man rotation today. So he went back to back to uh, this old school. Um, so, but he's still trying to save his job by getting uh, Deuce in there instead of Cam. But um, let's talk about well, Cam's lack of minutes. What do you what do you what do you think about that? Because he started off being in the starting lineup. Grimes comes back, and he starts for the Knicks. And I I still like the move that of Grimes starting for the Knicks. But me personally, I don't know if I like Cam not playing at all. That's not what I want either. What do you think, Grimes? Yeah, well. In regards to Grimes or Cam starting, I admit, you know, Grimes probably does fit better within the starting lineup than Cam does. I know we've been back and forth on this due to the way Cam plays and due to the way Grimes plays, but at the moment, yeah, it does seem like Grimes fits in better with that starting lineup. So I agree with Grimes starting at the moment and Cam coming off the, coming off the bench. But I think the reason why Cam probably didn't get any minutes today, which probably is a bit unfair, but yeah, it, but but at the same time, it's probably understandable. Is because in the Dallas game, Cam played terrible. Like Jeez. let's be honest, he played terrible in the Dallas game, and he was really bad. And yeah, the game was so and bad, I, I didn't even mention it. But yeah, he did. Yeah, he played terrible in the Dallas game, and I'm thinking this is just me. I'm like, I don't know what Thibs is thinking or whatever the case may be, but I think this is Thibs probably sending a message to Cam saying that, you know, you can't play like you did in the Dallas game and expect me to give you minutes. That's what, that's how, that's how I took it. And also took it as, you know, Dips feeling kind of, you know, he feeling that he kind of feeling kind of hot. So at the moment he's like, you know what, let me switch it up a little bit and put Deuce in the game and see how that works out. So I think it's a combination of Dips trying to send a message to Cam saying that you can't play, you can't play like you did in the Dallas game, expect me to give you minutes. And at the same time, you know, Dips feeling that he getting kind of hot and he's like, you know what? Let me change it up a little bit and throw Deuce in there, go with a nine-man rotation, see how that goes. It's crazy because I watched R.J. Barrett go one for eight in the first half. <laughs> and then he, when R.J. Barrett goes one for eight in the, in the first half, he doubles down on R.J. Barrett. And I'm just like, okay, R.J. Barrett has all these turnovers. He's a minus. 
maybe we should get Cam in. But like, nah. He just puts RJ in from the first unit and have him run with the second unit and still stink up the place. Now, RJ Barrett turned it around, okay? So, gunshots for RJ Barrett. Turned it around second half. He was a different Barrett. He's hitting threes, right? He stopped driving into double teams and turning the ball because we all know whenever RJ drives into two, three people, that's when he starts getting in trouble. He was doing that the whole first half. Stop doing it. Just, just <laughs> completely stop. You, you, you've been on a run. You've been on like a four or five game tear, RJ, where I haven't complained that you're going to triple teams and being selfish. But you, you've got, you started to revert a little in the first half and it showed. But you got together, you started hitting shots, you started taking better care of the ball, and he turned it around. But I'm not going to pretend that RJ deserved those minutes he got with the second unit. Those minutes could have definitely gone to Cam, in my opinion. Um, but who knows? It might it might be Tibbs being fearful again, going, you know what? I want to go back to the nine-man rotation because he has been playing 10 today. Today, he goes right back to nine. So that could be it also. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, you can make an argument saying that, you know, you Cam could have went into the game today and get minutes as well. And speaking of RJ Barrett, <laughs> I think alone he had like five traveling calls today, which is, which is crazy. But, but but yeah, I think yeah, like you you could definitely make an argument for Cam actually getting minutes today, especially since you know you know, but the way the Knicks are going at the moment, the focus should be more on the youth. But at the same time, it's like at least I can like for me, it's like if Cam played good in the Dallas game. Or he played at least decent, and then they decided to shut him down today. Then I would have probably complained more, and would have been like, you know what? Like I don't know why he why he sat Cam down. He should be giving Cam minutes. I think, I think the way he played against Dallas, it's kind of justified to me. You know, at least he can. At least you know, if they, if they ask him for a reason as to why Cam didn't play, he can at least point to the Dallas game and be like, you know what? He didn't play well that game. Let me send a quick message. I think what's going to be telling is his rotation against the Hawks. Yeah. Like, will he, will he, like, will he stick to that nine-man rotation with Deuce coming off the bench? Or will he go back and give Cam minutes on top of Deuce coming off the bench? So, like, I want to really, like, reserve my judgment on it. But if he sits Cam again and gives him no minutes in the, in the Hawks game, then I'm going to be like, okay, like, yeah, something's going on. I feel like he's going to do it again. And to be honest with you, it's not even just the Dallas game. The Bucks game when he came in, he was out of source on the defensive end. Like, I feel like he didn't really sh- show up on the defensive end of that game as well. So I feel like it's been two two games in a row where he hasn't showed up. But also, like, you I like you still have to take in consideration fit and and reps. It's like you you go from playing with the starting unit, getting a rhythm of where your shots are gonna come from. Where are you going to be on defense and where are you going to rotate how guys like to move to going back to the second unit? And then I, I I feel like that might have a lot to do with why his timing on the defense is, is a little bit off. So I think you kind of like almost hitting the reset button with Cam on how to play correct team defense. And I don't want him to be penalized for that after having such a good stretch. I think both of those guys deserve to play. But at the same time, if you have a nine, I don't know. He 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 he's 
Tips is coaching for his job, and, and he might still feel like the nine-man rotation is the best rotation. So that could be it, too. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and um, just to, like, chime in right quick, I'm just reading the comments. Alex said that Tips said that he just wanted to switch it up because the Knicks are going from a back. You know, Knicks played a back-to-back, so he just tried to switch it up tonight. So maybe it was a resting for Cam. But like I said, we'll see on Wednesday, like, Tips rotations and if Cam is back in the rotation or not. Switch it up. Interesting. What about the Derrick Rose, though? Because Derrick Rose has played back-to-back all the time, and he doesn't even play a lot of minutes. So it's that's that deuce thing is interesting. That deuce thing is yeah. interesting. I want to see if that's going to – because I want to see if Deuce plays with – in Atlanta, I feel like Deuce makes sense to play in Atlanta. The, the matchups, I feel like, are favorable for Deuce to have an impact on these smaller, speedier guards where he can combine and bother them. He saw his impact today. So I hope it's not just I hope it's not just a back-to-back thing with with Cam. I hope, I mean, with Rose. I, I hope that Deuce still remains in the lineup, but I, I just hope that we still see some Cam next game. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest about it, like, based on how I've seen Thibs coach, you know, the seasons he's been with the Knicks, I fully expect to see that same nine-man rotation against the Hawks because usually when, because usually when it works for Thibs, Thibs sticks with it, so. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Salute. Salute to the chat, man. I'm going to get to these phone calls. I still have, like, one question to really ask you guys. Um, does this one matter? What do you want to ask you? So think about that. Um, Ryan, but shout out to the chat, shout out to Alexander, shout out to the Ricardo Custer, shout out to Picks for Timmy, shout out to Roberto Rivera Jr., shout out to John Phillips. Anybody else? Anybody new? Hit new in the chat if you're new, and I'll shout you out. Shout out to my guy Echelon as well, and everybody else who's rocking with the KOT show. Knicks get this win. Some people want to tank. Uh, it's hard for me to. It's hard for me to root for my team to lose. I'm just not built that way. So I understand that I understand the ramifications of the draft and all this other stuff, but it's really hard for me to root for me a team to lose for me. But uh, I'm sure some of you might feel opposite of me. But let's get to these callers, all right? Caller number one, we got my man Ken T from KOT. Ken T, KOT editor, calling in on a Sunday. What do you think of today's game and your thoughts in general on these Knicks? Jay Ellis. What's going on? My man, how's it going? I'm all right, man. Can't complain, can't complain. Uh, well, listen, man, I don't want to, you know, make too much of this game. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm happy the Knicks won, but, uh, you know, Cleveland did have two starters out. But uh, but at least they showed out and they played better defense and it was better effort. Um, I definitely like that um, uh, that Tiz played McBride today. Um, and I'll, um, I'll see what you guys are saying about uh, about Cam. And I totally agree. I think he needed to sit down because what I saw the other day against Dallas, it wasn't like a bad game. I just saw he was tentative. He didn't seem like he was focused. Mm. And like I said, if he's playing with good effort like he usually does and his shot's not falling, then, you know, you should keep him in the rotation. Everyone's going to have their off nights. But, but it just like I said, he just looked like he was making careless mistakes. And, you know, you got to run a meritocracy as much as you can. Like, if you got this kid, Deuce, who's out there grinding every day, playing hard, and, um, when the opportunity presents itself, like, you got to put him in the game and, and see what he's, you know, what he's got. So I was cool with that. Uh, 
you know, the only thing is, like I said, I, I'm so frustrated that Randall leads the team in, in three-point attempts. Yeah. I go, listen, my man, you should be taking about four wide-open threes a game, and that's about it. None of this step back or, or, or if you got someone close by, you're just not a good three-point shooter. I mean, look, look at uh, the Lakers. Right? We're last now in, in three-point shooting in the league, and the Lakers are supposedly the worst team in history. So what's happened? Anthony Davis is like, listen, I can't hit threes. I'm going to focus on what I can do. He gets on the block. And he dominates, and he's not out there shooting threes anymore. And and the, and the same thing for a lot of the other guys who, who are not good uh, three point shooters on the Lakers. They're starting to curb their attempts, and and they've gotten a little bit better. And I think that's what we got to see here, because like I said, we yeah. got a RJ as well as Randall who are just not good three point shooters. And then of course you got um you, got, you know Jalen who's he's above average, but he's still not you know a, a, a proficient three point shooter. He's not. Uh, shooting over forty percent, so you got three guys, your three main scores. I, you, you know, you got to leave the three point shooting to like you know the specialists, the Grimes and the IQ. Um, I was talking about IQ. I just wanted to. One of the, the reason I wanted to call in because I've always liked to focus on the positives. Listen, I really like what I've been seeing from IQ. Yeah. Especially with his handle, and I swear this kid. Like I saw against Dallas, there was a, a play where Luca. Looks like he was stopped, and he didn't pick up his dribble. He just kept, you know, dribbling, and he just got around somebody. Yeah, he yeah. Got a basket. Now, and I remember I said, Clyde was like, "How does he do that?" And I swear it looked like, like IQ was doing something similar in the first quarter when he did that move, where it looked like he was going to play a, you know, um, uh, game, you know, with with, um, with Obi, like maybe lob it to him, and then he kept it, and he just, you know, ran around the corner, kept his dribble up, and he got a layup. Listen. And I was just like, man, that that was just so sweet. I was like, that's, you know, the type of kids we got. These, these kids, you know, they may not be all-stars, but they're getting better. Like, they're getting better and they're learning. And I just see this, this growth in IQ that, that really excites me. So I just wanted to mention the positive on that. And the other thing I've been seeing a lot in general, just everyone's complaining about the Knicks, the free agent signings. We got Fournier on the bench to paying a bunch of money to. And now, you know, Derek Rose didn't play today, and then, you know, they're saying, oh, we're paying this guy, you know, a bunch of money as well. But I, I, I don't see it as, like, those are, like, bad signings, because the thing is, you gotta, you got to pay people in this league. you got, you got to have bets on the roster, mm-hmm. especially if they ever want to trade for a star. Like, you got to have someone who's making a, a decent amount of money to send back to the other team. So, it's like, that's just the cost of doing business in the NBA. And to me, it's like, like, when I was watching Dallas, I was like, listen, if you look at both rosters, right, outside of Luka, who would the Knicks take off the Dallas roster? No, like, nobody. Nobody. Like, like Tim Hardaway maybe Jr. Too, maybe Tim Hardaway right? Jr., if anything, off the bench. 48. Right, right. Right. You would take so, yeah. 48 over Hardaway. Right, right. And I got I to gotta, gotta wrap it up. I'm sorry, Ken. I know you've been talking for a while. I just, I just need you to – we got to talk about it as well. You're making a lot of good points. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off being – but go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. So that was like the last point I just wanted to make. Is, is like, listen, the, the situation with the roster is more about the kids uh, growing up versus the vets being bad. So that that was just the last thing I wanted to mention on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Cool, man. All right, Thank all you. right. Some good, right. some good points. A lot of good points to touch on. Touched on a lot. Um, you already know I'm part of the IQ Hive, so I, I agree. Listen, and at this point, I like guys who can pass, dribble, and shoot, and he can play defense. The shot has been going, hasn't been, hasn't been hitting early on. It's starting to come back. 
And I've said this a couple of times before. It looks like he's copy pasting Jalen Brunson's game to me. Like it looks like he's he's starting to get in the paint and he's getting a lot more patient with his head fakes, um, misdirection with his eyes, um, acceleration to deceleration floaters. It looks like he's starting to live in that paint area and really start to pick up a lot of Jalen Brunson's craftiness. So I'm loving IQ. It, I actually feel like the garbage time actually benefited him yesterday because he was able to get some rhythm and get on track and get 23 meaningless points. But I think there was some carryover today. So I don't know. What do, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, quickly has been playing well lately, Um, especially on the defensive end. I definitely love what I see from him on defense more than anything. But, yeah, he's his dribbling has picked up. Um, He definitely um seems like he has more control. As in, you know, he takes less ill-advised shots, which, you know, is a big positive for Quick as well. And his shooting does seem to be coming around. I mean, it's still not consistent as of yet, but it's better than it was early in the season. And, I mean, at the moment, I have nothing to complain about when it comes to Quick. Quick has been playing good for the Knicks. And like I said, I especially love the way he's been playing on defense. He's definitely been a dog on defense. So I definitely got to give IQ his props. Yeah. And I also want to touch on something else Ken mentioned that was interesting. He was, people keep complaining about the amount of money that we're giving them and the players on his team. Um, it's interesting. I understand what Ken is talking about because Ken just wrote an article breaking down the highest play players in the NBA. And he talks about Randall, he talks about Evan Fournier, he talks about Derrick Rose and where they rank against amongst power forwards, uh, effective power forwards and effective shooters, right? He wrote a whole article about that. So when you're looking at all these stats and you go, you know what? Maybe we haven't super overpaid for Randall like we thought or Evan Fournier like we thought. But I think what's happening with us is, yes, we have to pay some of these players to keep them. But it's still a little of a mismatch of talent. I think that's the bigger issue right now. Like the the talent isn't necessary fitting together. And of course, having an all star uh a guy would unlock a lot of those things. But you can't like just having we're thirtieth in the NBA in three point shooting. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to let you know that these the pieces don't fit together. Yeah, most definitely. And I think the only reason people complain about these players being paid the money that they're being paid is because, like, for example, Fournier's on the bench, you know, so people are going to be like, Fournier's being overpaid. But if you look at it from an objective standpoint and look at how much Fournier is being paid against other players in this position, it's a reasonable contract. The same thing with Julius Randle. It's a reasonable contract. Like, there's nobody on the Knicks where you look at their contract and be like, yeah, the Knicks are overpaying for this player. You know, so... And I, and I do feel like the fact that they're reasonable contracts, if the Knicks do try to move them in the future, they'll be able to, you know, whether they have to attach. Hopefully that's not the case, because like with, in Fournier's case, I'm thinking the Knicks might have to attach a pick to yeah. Fournier. But, you know, with Julius Randle, it's going to be a reasonable contract to move. Um, Derrick Rose is going to be a reasonable contract to move. Like none of these guys are really overpaid to where I don't think a contending team wouldn't take in that money if it means that play is going to help them to get to where they want to get to. So, I mean, I agree with Ken on that too. Like, I don't think the Knicks are really severely overpaying any player on the roster at the moment. I don't know. There's people who still think that Julius Randle um, 
because I was talking to someone yesterday. They were saying they feel like Julius Randle, to move Julius Randle, we have to attach a pick. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think that's last year's case. I don't think that's this year's case. Nah, Julius Randle's been playing much better this season, and he's showing that he can be valuable to a team. So I can't see, like, I can see the Knicks getting a first-round pick for for Julius Randle, but I don't think Knicks have to attach any pick to Julius Randle to move him. Yeah, like, I don't know what level first-round pick. I would think, I would hope a mid. I would hope a mid first-round pick for somewhere, but... I don't think we have to attach a, a pick for Randall. I was reading an article like a couple of weeks ago. Now, granted, it was after the Dallas game. This was after the Julius Randall, like what goes off, hitting threes, playing the best defense of his life, showing emotion, screaming. It was after that where GMs were kind of taking notice and seeing that Randall is playing better and his and talking about his value going up. So I, I think we're in a better position for sure this year than last year. And of course, as if time goes on, say next, say we still have him on the contract next year, he's still with the next team. It would definitely be easier to trade even more next year because one more year has gone off his contract. But um, I don't think we have to attach uh, any young guys or assets to get rid of him at this point. I think it is if, if Julius Randle was stock right now, it, it would be trending up. Um, and, um, but also, I want to touch on, I asked you a question before about this win, Ryan. I gave you some time. Do you feel like this win is meaningless right now? Where are we at? We're stuck in the middle. I know this is a rough question to ask you. Yeah. We're stuck in the middle. We... We, we have all these assets. It's not, you know, we, we're looking for that all-star to trade for, but it's not guaranteed. Um, but we're also in this stat draft. What do you feel about this win? Do you feel like it's meaningless at this point to be a, a, a Cavs team? Woo. Um, it's a rough one. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let me think about this one. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, like, if you want to build this team, like, okay, the team currently right now is a middling team. You have to try to go in either directions. Either you try to go for that superstar player, which none are available at the moment. You know, you try to trade for that player, or you try to rebuild and get a decent draft pick. I mean, get a decent, like, draft um, a, Yeah, decent draft pick. Yeah, decent the, draft pick, you know. Top ten, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah, upcoming draft, so you can draft a talent, a talented player, and seeing that this next year draft class is deep. A win like this, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as meaningless because I think, you know, after coming off a bad loss to Dallas, you do want to build confidence in the young players, and I think a win like this does build, does instill confidence in those players that played in that game. But at the same time, it's like, does a win like this get Thibs any closer to being fired? No. No. Does a win like this get the Knicks any closer to taking a step to the next level? Not really. So I don't think it's a meaningless, I don't think it's a meaningless win from the standpoint of giving the young players confidence, but it is a meaningless win when it when you when you look at it 
the big picture, like grand scheme of things. Right. Success for the Knicks has to do with the development of young talent long term. And that's one of the, the, the markers for me, right? But then there's this other thing. There's the development of talent and there's the acquisition of talent. Right now, we already know there's two ways to act to, to get talent here. You, you since we are cap strapped, free agency is out of the question. So for us, we have to raise the value of the guys here to propose a trade. Um, and if there's a disgruntled star, we have to at least look decent to disgruntled stars to say, you know what? I'm pissed. Maybe trade me here. So it's more, it's more like what's more likely at this point. Is it more likely to get a superstar in a draft or a superstar trading for one? And that's where we're at right now. Um, if we, the only way this works, if we win is if, the young assets start to appreciate uh, RJ Barrett and those guys get better. And then we, they're looking at this team and saying, okay, we're a 50 win team. I want to join this team. We have our assets. We can make a move and then we get better that way. Um, it might be a harder role because of it's still a crapshoot to what stars are available. So on the other side, like you mentioned, right? If we if we do start to lose games and we get a top ten pick at a draft, it could bode well for us as well. Cause um, so that can definitely that can help us as well. But like you said, outside of the top three or four, who can save us? I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point. Um, I re- if we if we start to lose, will we get top two or three worthy? I, I don't know. I don't know. So Lee was here talking about tanking and getting school and trading Julius Randle. It's going to be rough, man. It's going to be rough because we still. The talent is here to compete. If they're motivated and the problem is they're not motivated all the time. It seems like whenever our backs are against the wall. They seem to fight because the guys here want to fight for the coach. So I'm not sure. Look, as constructed, I don't think this team will. I was emotionally yesterday. It's like, yo, Tom Thibodeau could be fired soon. But it's like whenever the back is against the wall, it's the second game in a row where they're like, oh, I got to fight for the coach. Oh, I got to play defense now. Now Julius Randle all of a sudden is sprinting. Um sprinting off of mix uh missed shots to play trenches and defense just like he was at Denver. So we might be playing this teeter totter game for the rest of the season. So I don't know what's going like I don't think we're actually going to tank man. I, I'm flip flopping from yesterday but I'm looking at the the I'm looking at the patterns of the team of go down team meeting play our heart out Go down team meeting. Now we're playing the best defense. We, we granted, you know, their center is gone, 
Cause you know they're Jared Allen sitting, but now we're playing inspired three point defense to one of the best three point shooting teams in the league. It's in the heart of Knicks, man. Like they had the power to to get more wins if they want to. If they commit themselves to defensive end, and it's really up to them if they over succeed. And it's up to the coach if he starts to play the right players at this point. I I don't think we're going. I don't think we're going to be so bad that we're going to be. I don't think we're going to be like no. 10 games under 500. I don't think that's going to happen. Looking at how this team is. I don't know. What do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I can't see this team tanking to the point where they're going to be able to get a top three pick unless Adam Silver gives us, gives us a damn solid and gives <laughs> us like a top three pick. So I can't see that happening. But the only thing I know for certain is this. Either way you look at it, the Knicks have to be all in either way. It's either you go all in for a superstar, meaning that, like you said, they have to continue to win games and show that the young players that they have here are valuable and raise their value so that if that superstar player becomes available, you have the necessary pieces along with the draft picks to trade for that player, or you either trade your or either you trade your veterans, you go straight youth and have them play out the season and have them grow. And then wherever you land in the draft, you pick the best available talent at that pick and you keep going from there. So either way, that's the only thing I know. Like the Knicks have to go all in either direction. They can't just stay in the middle. It's all in either direction. Yeah, I hope we start to listen. The, the, the front office is starting to pluck some of these guys after the rotation. You got rid of Alec Burris, got rid of Norton's Noel. We started to, to trend more towards the youth. OB is still the biggest point of contention. At this point, I'm hope if things do start to go south again, we really lean into to Obi Toppin getting a lot more minutes. That's still like the biggest bummer to me being where we are right now. We really don't get to see what Obi Toppin can do. Even though if I'm being completely 100, I'm starting to be concerned about Obi Toppin because after his start in the beginning of the season, I feel like he's like the, the forgotten man over the last week and a half on the offensive end i haven't seen that impact that he's usually brought to this team i i you know he hasn't been leaking out as much i think he's concentrating on getting rebounds and playing defense and i'm starting to see a little bit more of that from obi Toppin. um to his credit but on the offensive side of the ball i'm starting to feel like he's a little bit he's disappearing and his i, I don't know like I think his value is is starting to rise, and now it's like plateaued a little bit. Yeah, most definitely, I agree. With, I agree with what you said about Obi. Um, three point shooting has gone down, which I think that was kind of expected because he was kind of hot for a while, and to expect Obi to shoot forty percent from three was probably unrealistic anyway. Yeah, so, like yeah, so it seems like he's getting back to like where he should be, but yeah, like he's definitely. Like, as of late, you can't really think of a game where you're like, yeah, Obi played great that game. You know, it's been a while since we've had that kind of game from Obi. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it goes down. It, I think it's attributed to a lot of things. Like, you know, he's been getting less minutes. Like, I haven't seen Obi really play more than 13 or 14 minutes as of late. So he's not getting the time he needs to actually be productive. And at the same time, like you said, I think he, I think he is concentrating more on rebounding. I definitely see him around the basket more and grabbing rebounds as opposed to like getting out, getting out on the fast break or getting or getting out on rebounds and try to get the easy basket. Mm-hmm. And 
And yeah, he's been trying to defend better at better as well. So I think Obi, besides Obi needing more minutes in the games, I think he also needs to also try to find more of a balance to where he can still be where he can still do his strengths, which is getting out on fast breaks and or getting out on mm. rebounds. And That's the coach. That's the coach. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying, like he, you know, there needs to be a balance where you know Obi, where where Obi, you know, stays back, rebounds, or and plays defense, and at the same time, you know, pick his spots to where he gets out on the where he gets out on breaks to get those easy, easy baskets. You just need to find that balance. Absolutely, yeah. Twelve minutes, only twelve minutes all night for Obi. He's back to last year's minutes when he's getting 12 minutes, 11 minutes a game. Uh, next caller up, I know I know I had you on a hold for a long time, Reaper. Uh, if you do want to call in, you already know what to do. Dial number 319-527-6241. It's the bottom of the screen flashing. 319-527-6241 if you call, if you want to call in, talk to the KOT show. Next caller up is my man, Big Reaper. Big Reaper, let me know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, this might be the best uh, defense they played all year. Yeah. Like, uh, probably the last year and a half. So, you know, uh, I thought it was in terms of, like, if you just look at the one single game, I did think it was a great win. But you guys make a lot of great points. What does this mean about the future of the team? Um, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. It's like, it's, you know, honestly, the time to make the change with Thibodeau, I felt it was last year um, because, you know, because for me, like the fireball offense for me was uh, him not willing to play the younger guys so they can, you know, so they can get better. Yeah. You know, giving them like basically developing the younger players. And so, but now that you have the team you have now. And so if you get rid of them so quickly, it's like, you know, are you going to be able to get somebody else who's going to make things better? What does that mean for the players? Are they actually going to, get better as a result of the new player. And so so that's where it just, you know, it gets a little tough. The one thing that is interesting, though, is like I, was, I listened to Tibbs' conference, press conference last night. You mm-hmm. know, and he was saying, I guess it was asking him about his uh, scheme uh, for three-point defense. And he made something uh, interesting comment. He was like, well, he looks to see if the players are executing before he actually makes the change, you know, change the scheme. He said, you know, and he was right. It's like, okay, if the players aren't executing the deep the correct way, uh, then that means you're going to be making changing schemes like, you know, <laughs> like every quarter, right? Or something. Right. You're going to be inconsistent with like what schemes you're running. So I did go back and look at yesterday's game. I mean, like, they do help off the ball. Like, they do help, like, way, like, Too much. a lot. Yeah. But if you look, yeah, they do. But if you look at... Did, did it actually burn them? Not really. Like most of, most of, if you, you look at all the three point shots from yesterday and you look at the defense, a lot of it was just like effort stuff, you know, it was like it's, or people getting confused, like on, uh, as, as to the rotation. And a lot of it, I think also has to do with like Julius is really re- uh, lazy with like uh, rotating or even like when it comes to the picks, he never wants to fight over a screen. If he gets beat off the dribble, he'll just sort of give up. And so you kind of ask yourself, okay, what defense are you going to run when you have basically everyone just kind of walking to the rim? Right? Like what? what kind of defense are you going to play? 
Yeah, um, I, I feel you. So, like in general, Reaper, when I look, like it is true. They did. They do get confused on rotation when it comes to defense. But even yesterday, though, I feel like, I feel like yesterday's defense collapse happened a lot because they were targeting. They were targeting Brunson and Rose. Um, yeah, Grimes was was uh shutting down Doncic for the most part in that first half. Second half, they just screamed. They just screened up. They just screened them off. They just screened Grimes off, had Grimes on the other guy, and then posted up Brunson or Rose or back cut Rose and was like, all right, now beat us this way. And then Grimes tried to overhelp because, you know, he does, he's not even used to switching like that anyway. He's the guy who, who fights over screens. And we got burned a lot of that, a lot of times during that third quarter run that way. Mm-hmm. And to me, at that point, you have to scheme better. Like you have to figure out, okay, well, if they're gonna switch here, maybe we should, you know, have a man help off here or put more defenders here, so it makes it harder to switch them off. Like, uh, or go uh, and shout out to Nick Ader who, who mentioned this. He's like, or maybe go at their best player, their worst pl- defender, in Doncic, and have him go through schemes where he has to be on make him work or something like you know what I'm saying i feel like we have to i feel like a lot, some of that is true and some of that is the coach has to adjust that's just me but oh that's what i'm seeing yeah no, i mean you know that's a good point i was just looking at basically the ones where they made the three-point shot mm-hmm. and you know i saw like in one of the mills it did see a couple of them they were targeting rosa and uh and Brunson. Yeah, that's why I think that's why I thought McBride played today because it was targeting Rose, like obviously yesterday. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I mean it's uh, so, but you know, I, I really like when you look at all the three pointers that they made yesterday, like the plays for them, like basically the the videos for it. Most of it was actually it was actually players being confused or just like bad rotation, right? Or like. So a lot of times they'll get back, you know, they'll they'll kind of, you know, how they they'll take their time getting back on defense, and then then all of a sudden Mitch is guarding like you know, right, uh, Luca, and that's coaching. <laughs> that's you have to you have to reward yeah. people for playing good defense, and when you notice your starters, especially your mean guys, the guys supposed to yeah. be leaders on your team, aren't doing that, take them out. Let them know. Like I agree. That's yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's why when I was talking to to the leader the other day, I was talking about Randall. I'm like, yo, Randall. Randall is this weird conundrum where he's physical specimen. He's he's he has speed and power, and he has these games where he can take over. But the biggest, the, the biggest, his biggest downfall is still defense. And I start to wonder if we actually had a coach who said, "Mama, play defense, or I'm taking you out." Maybe I can actually get we can get what we're supposed to get out of him. And Tibbs is supposed to be that guy. He's supposed to be the guy to hold people accountable. That's been his reputation. And, and when he got here, he stopped doing it. So I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, no, I'm disagreeing with you. That's it. That's that's it. I got none. I got nothing else to say. Like. <laughs> But yeah, you, that, I actually, that's the biggest downfall for the coach. That is his biggest downfall. He's like, I don't know why he just keeps playing Julius, and he doesn't hold like certain players accountable. Then, so you're 100 percent right about that. 
But just a couple more things I just wanted. Like, if you look at their season stats, um, if you look at net field goals made, um, sorry, give me one second. Um, basically, they, they like, in net field goals made, in 14 games, they have more, they score more field goals than the opponent, right? And in 13 games, they were more efficient than the opponent. And so, obviously, the issue is the three-point shot. So right. The issue is they really need to force Randall and, and uh, RJ to play defense. And if they do that, you're actually going to win more games. But do you really want that? <laughs> So, you know, they got you know, I'm not sure what they, you know, what they could do. In my opinion, they got to get rid of Randall and then kind of see what the team looks like and then, you know, figure out if they want to tank after the All-Star, after All-Star break. I, I, That's just what I think. All right, yo. Good point, yo. Thanks for calling in, Reaper, man. All right, thanks for taking my call. Good All night. Right. All right. Yo, it's, it's funny. Like, I don't agree with the Ime Doka hiring so much. Because of his, like, I feel like that can, that can be, Ime Doken can be a home run or it can be hell. Like, it's like that. (laughs) You know, Ryan? It can be, because the thing that made Ime good in the Celtics was he got those guys to really buy in on defensive end. And he had the reputation of, I'm going to call you out. And he and he. It seems like the teams respected him for it. And I'm not sure, Tibbs, if that's happening with our team on a consistent basis. So I do agree. Like, I agree with the EMA being good for this team in X's and O's. But I'm so scared of a blow up because he's winking at the girl the wrong way. Like, I'm scared of that, man. I mean. I mean, seeing the Knicks' history, especially during the Isaiah Thomas days, I can see why, you know, some Knicks fans would be concerned with that hire. But I think, for me, winning cures everything. And I think that if he comes in and people see that he's made a complete change to, you know, the Knicks' the style of play, you know, if they're being more, they're being more consistent on defense, installing a better offense, and the Knicks are playing better overall, I think that will help people to forget about what happened to him in Boston and, and pretty much, you know, kind of like, I guess, kind of like sweeping all under the rug as long as he maintains professionalism while with the Knicks. And I think, you know, me personally, I think that, you know, after what happened to him with the Celtics, I do think that he would maintain professionalism wherever else he goes. So I th- me personally, I th- me personally, as, as, as long as he comes in and, and it's a good product on the court and people see that the Knicks team are going somewhere and they're playing better and they're playing better defensively, playing better on the offensive end. I think he's not even going to be, but they're not even, I mean, the beat is not even going to bother him about that. They're going to be, the beat is not going. Okay. They're going to be happy with him performing well with the team. Now, if the team is losing, I think that's when, you know, people are going to start bringing up stuff from the past and things like that. But, I think as long as the team is winning, and then on top of that, like the Knicks organization is not the same as they were in the past. Like, there's been no scandals as of late or anything like that. So, that, I'm I, putting that man through therapy before he gets here. I, like, like how how they did the Kyrie, we had to talk to everybody in sensitivity training. I, like, that's what he needs to do before he comes to the Knicks for me. If if that's even gonna be a possibility, you know what I mean? He got he has to sit with some other folk and be like. 
what is wrong? What's going on inside your brain? Like, I, I need some retribution. You just can't just be coming over here because it, that would be messy. That would be super, super duper messy. I'm, I'm, let's get, let's get that, that Johnny Bryan. And, and it's crazy. And sure, when you miss the whole context that we talk about with the Julius Randle defense, Julius Randle this, this year defensively has not been consistent. He started off good in the beginning of the season, then tail off, and now he's not running back on defense anymore. He played great defense in the COVID years, for sure. But this year is not it, and RJ has joined him. So I don't know if we're going to talk about anybody who's not giving his 100%. You can't just play good defense in the, in, in the Dallas game, right? Because we, we's losing, then takes four or five games off and then play defense again. That has to be consistent, all right? That's, I don't that's, know. I don't know what stats he's talking about. He need he needs to provide a link that actually show those stats because I looked those stats up defensively and Julius Randle was nowhere within the top twenty defensively. So I need to see where he gets those stats from. Honestly, twenty twenty one, nah. COVID years, he was playing defense in the COVID years. Twenty twenty one. He was, but he's in 2022. Mm. That's why I'm like, no, I need yeah. to see an actual link that points <laughs> to the stats of that because 2022, no way in hell. And and I looked up those stats. I don't see where it's t- top 20 anything in defense. You were word. Um, yo, I actually have like a little clips. I'm scared to actually play the clips because sometimes I get in trouble for playing clips. But <laughs> I had my plays of the game today. I had like a little plays of the game. And shout out to Mitchell Robinson. He actually had the lowest plus minus today. But I felt like he did a really good job in the first quarter. Um, pretty uh, shutting down Evan Mobley, a guy who's a little bit of a quicker player. Played really good. Not shutting down Evan Mobley. He shut down the paint, and he deterred penetrators from scoring on him. Uh, guys like Darius Garland um, was started to get into the paint, even in towards the end of the game, and was missing all sorts of shots because Mitch Preston just caused him to miss. So shout out to Mitch Robinson. And... Also, I want to point out he's setting screens better. I don't know if you noticed. I seen some other t- a Twitter. I forgot which video guy did it. Talked about how he's he's setting actual better screens. Um, but defensively, his defensive rebounding seems to be ticking up. He's usually a guy who only gives you offensive rebounds and lacks on the defensive end, defensive rebound end. But eight uh, eight defensive rebounds to gay, five offensive. 13 total rebounds for Mitch. I I still think that Quentin Grimes being paired with Mitchell Robinson is allowing Mitchell Robinson not having to help quite as much and is doing two th- is doing a few things. Is one, it's allowing him to stay out of foul trouble more frequently because he doesn't have to help as much because of Quentin Grimes point of attack defense. Two, it's helping us finish defensive plays by getting those rebounds to end the possession a lot more frequently. And it, it's, it's, and he's reaping the benefits. It's keeping him on the floor longer. So I think, I think I named three, but I forgot the, the last one, but still shout out to, to the Mitchell Robinson. Uh, and I want to play some, a clip from his it was one of the, the, the momentous plays of the games for me. Um, let's see if I have it here. And, and it's, it's the, the offensive rebound from this team with four minutes left in the fourth quarter really stood out to me. And you see Julius Randle shoot this three. They let him have that shot. Look at it. Look at this rebound. Wow. Back tap. That's the Tyson Chandler right there. That's the Tyson Chandler back tap. Mitchell Robinson is stealing it. Uh, and 
helping us seal this win. And then you see Jalen Brunson goes to the hole and then draws a little bit of a foul. Big play. One of the big plays of the game for me today. Shout out to Mitch Robinson. And then Julius Randle helping us on that s- side of the ball. Also, another big play. Jalen Brunson, who is a guy who usually is the guy with the, the ball in his hands at the end of the game. And he's usually the guy scoring the buckets. But I like this play because everybody knows Jalen Brunson is the threat on the, on the team. He's the finisher. But every now and again, teams get panicky when Jalen Brunson starts to drive and he draws to, to a man. And there's people. some people say, like, oh, what does he do? He doesn't make people around him better. Uh, he, he, he's starting to be called a shooting guard and I get, he, he doesn't pass the ball. Uh, he's not that part of the prototypical point guard, but what he does is when he's dominant on one side of the ball, he draws two to him and he get rid of the ball. And there's been a few games where he set people up for easy layups because of the attention he gets. And this is what happens here. Jalen Brunson, boom, wrap around pass to Julius Randle for a bucket. To, to seal a game, and that's winning time. That's one minute and 28 seconds left in the game. Jalen Brunson gives the ball to Julius Randle to end the game. The, my plays of the game for the, for the game, all right? Anything, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Ryan. I mean, I agree. Like, that sequence by Mitch was probably the biggest sequence, one of, one of the biggest sequences in the game that led to the Knicks win and pretty much sealed the win for them against the Cavs and that play by Brunson, like, yeah, Brunson has proven that in crunch time, he steps up. So yeah, those are two big moments for the Knicks, which, which pretty much led to the win. Absolutely. Absolutely. So shout out to our guy. And you know what? I don't mention Jalen to iHeart too. iHeart, I usually complain about his defense like every game. He actually played pretty good defense the last two games. So shout out to iHeart. Um, next caller up. Edson, I know we've been talking for a minute. Next caller up is I got Edson from LI. Hopefully you're still on the line. And also, if you want to talk to us, you already know what it is. Call the number. It flashes to the bottom of the screen. 319-527-6241. That's 319-527-6241. Edson from LI. Let us know what you want to talk about, sir. Hey, guys. Uh, just wanted to shout out to the chat and every caller right here. They were making great points. And also, well, most of us are feeling a lot more better than the previous game because, that's, boy, nobody was really in the mood, in the talking mood. And I haven't seen Lee upset like that. It was it was that terrible. Yeah, it was okay? terrible. We was emotional yesterday. We was on some Drake stuff yesterday, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this game is a good time for us to say, breathe, relax, you know, and Think about, like, the same criticisms that we have, but less intense with the emotions right there. Because I'm more leaning to the side that this, this roster is misfitted and mismanaged. Yes. Both at the same time. There's no, there's, the only way for us to move forward is to, which is really difficult to do, the most difficult piece to move, just because ever they try to hide their nepotism behind it, is, is Julius Randle. Yeah. It's not... Now, most of us know it, you know, and we always be consistently calling out on it. But as as per usual, they'll deny it. They'll just, like, play it off, and they will continue to think that, you know, that they will succeed with, uh, with Julius Randle. 
And the only thing that I would think that no, not gonna really happen. If I want to, if I want to go for for the play-in for world first round raw knockout, will be the young guys, the young core per se. Air quotes. That's why I would continue to do it. Just go say, just go go for it, guys. Just go for go for the play-in. Go for first round if you can. If you if you don't, we know what we know what our shortcoming was. And also that it also looks to the point that you know we can look to the next thing with coaching. Say, okay, so. The coaching we have right there with Tibbs, if you survived that wall, okay, that doesn't um, that doesn't, and it's not working well. Stick around with Johnny, then we can also, you know, pull our hairs to Umeya Doka, Dan Snyder, and or whatever uh, hot coach that we think we could get. But I think that's uh, what the first step is to, which most of us is not going to, because it's already developing anxiety, anxiety for not even in, in Christmas, is who do we have can move first. And obviously, the most uh, movable piece is Emmanuel Quickly, uh, and um, not many of us is ready to, you know, to let go quickly. But then again, it's like you got to, you got to. Like mm. we get we're stuck with roads unless you find a way to move all these vets. I don't think it's... you have a hope in and right. and try to assure that you know, or convince quickly to say that hey, you're a sixth man, you know, our our five six man which I don't think it's going to happen right there. So that's all I got to say right there. It's great win. I hope we get it to so just, you know, timely get it right because the Knicks are not holding on the mid, mid-team this season. And it's, a, it's like a, just a tense poker match that, you know, everyone's watching say that, uh, like, okay, who's going to be blowing it up through the rosters or who's going to go all in you know, for, you know, you know, for a playoff round. Right. I understand. All right. Thanks. Thank you for your call, Edson. Thanks. All right. Uh, man, I'm I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep quickly here, man. That's just me personally. But I have my reason. My thing is still this, too. Depending on where we are in the hat, like, at some point, I do want these kids to get more of a run. If we're still, like, a, I, I feel like if we're still, like, three games under 500 or two games under 500 by All-Star, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do a push. I'm not even trying to do a push. Oh, what's push for? Like at that point, play the kids. That's where I'm at. Yeah. Um. In regards to moving quickly, I think for me, because I'm trying to be realistic about it, I already know that the Knicks won't be able to keep all the young players. Like some some young guys are going to leave this squad. It's it's inevitable because they can't pay everybody. So. For me, like, I think the top player I would keep out of the young guys right now is probably Grimes. But, you know, for me, it just depends on, you know, depending on, like, the move and what they get in return. <laughs> Bless you. Um, Thank you. I think for me, it more depends on the type of move they make and what they get in return for those young players. Right. So I'm not really stuck on, like, this young player got to be there or that young player got to be here. For me, it's more so if we trade these young pieces, what are the Knicks getting in return and and what they get in return? Is it a good enough price to give up those young pieces? So that's more what I'm on at the moment. I understand. I understand. I feel you. I'm, I'm in a similar boat with you, even though I personally have my preferences. Um, I... I like the more and more I'm seeing this, the way the season unfolds, the more and more I'm being more 
I'm liking IQ and Grimes. Um, out of all the young guys, to me, like those two guys are both guys who are defenders. Um, both guys who are supposed to be three point shooters, but aren't really three point shooters. But both guys are actually starting to find more success in inside of the arc. Grimes is like I said, I feel like he's helped Mitchell Robinson stay on the floor. I'm still waiting for him to turn around on, three, on a three-point end. He's He's been lost. It's been very weird. Uh, I still think he can turn around that end, though. So I still I think I value those guys and what I've seen um, in my mind a lot more, IQ and Grimes. Those are my, like, favorites in my mind right now. You know what I mean? Because those are the guys who can defend and... IQ can set up people and shoot and he's starting to develop an inside game. And Grimes defense is just, man, Grimes defense is just, I just love the multiple efforts. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, next call up. I see we got picks for Timmy. Shout out to picks for Timmy. He doesn't always call, but when he calls, he calls. <laughs> What's going on, picks? No. What's good, JLS man? What's good, Ryan G man? We outside. Bro. We outside then. And I heard the gunshots this time. We really outside. Let's go, <laughs> I apologize, hey, get man. back inside. The gunshots look, are off, man. We it, it's gonna be an up and down season, Knicks fans, man. You know, I I don't know what you got to do to chill. You know, to, to grab your dinner, grab a beer, sit down <laughs> on the couch, yo. Get a foot massage, grab a sandwich or something, yo. Chill out. It's going to be a long year, bro. The whole point of this season is not for us to go out here and win a chip. Like, if anybody's really thinking that, I'm, I'm sorry. That's not what's going to happen this season, y'all. We're trusting the process, y'all. It, it's going to be long. It's, it's development. RJ's out here looking like booty some days, man. Right? And yeah. it's all good, though. It yeah. don't matter. It doesn't even matter. As long as that kid is out there busting his butt to try and get better every single day, Eventually, it's going to click. Same thing with some of the other kids that we got on the team. One of these kids are going to pop, whether it's Cam, whether it's Obi, whether it's RJ. Shoot, it could even be Deuce. We have no idea. It could be Grimes. But anyway, man, yo, look, we don't got to panic, y'all. Um, my guy, um, and I'm going to do this every single time I call you, but shout out to my guy, Mitch, man. I'll be on the board. So and, you know, you know that's the Mr. S.O.B., though, yo, with the stretch five looking for us up. So I apologize, yo. <laughs> Mitch is out with this, man. We getting boards. We putting pressure on the rim, yo. We elite defensively, yo. Elite. I apologize, man. We can't sleep on these things, yo. And my guy, Grimes, out here, he was invited to Thanksgiving dinner. And you see what he's doing on the other side of the ball, you know? Y'all can't sleep on this man when y'all have the ball on the opposite side, yo. Don't I do it. Slip in. Uh, yo, you got Mitch over there hawking, yo. You're not coming in the lane. And Grimes is going to swoop in and take that joint. Don't take no pass cross court, yo. I'm taking it. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Julius, man. Um, Julius about to be outside for real, for real. Yo, the street lights came on. And uh, that trade value is looking like it's up right now. So I apologize on that too, yo, because my man cannot get around a pick, yo. So he got a bounce, yo. But, <laughs> He's like, I'm not feeling man, overall, Julius Randle pick and rolls. Okay. Pick and rolls and drop cam drop I'm, coverage I'm sorry, is not for, for Julius, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. There we go. There you go. Because it's like he'll switch and he'll do – he'll at least stay in front of somebody on the switch. Yeah, I like him on switches. But this – exactly. Like, 
catch up. Like it was a there was a play today, and I don't know if you might have even just played it, yo. Um, what you call it? Uh, my God, Deuce fought over the top of a pick, yo, to get around it, and he actually beat the ball around there. And he was actually with his man, and Drew just stepped up. He was like, no, 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 back off. And there was two men on one guy for probably like five seconds. I'm like, bro, what is going on? It's, some of it is communication, yeah. but uh, we're growing, man. And um, I'm just, I'm happy to see, you know, the effort that they're putting on the floor. I want to see it every single game. But this is the, the trademark of a young team, and it's just going to take a lot for us to see it come to you. That's all I got for y'all, man. Salute, salute, salute. Y'all take it easy, man. All right, salute. Salute to you. Yeah, McBride and Grimes are our best screen fighters on the team, I would say. Is that is that the word screen fighters? Is that the proper terminology? <laughs> well, fighting over screens. So yes, we'll, the best we'll, at fighting over yeah. screens. Fighting like, over screen. yeah. They go around you like, oh, he's still here. Oh, okay. And I feel like sometimes that actually leads to confusion, right? Because they're used to guys not being able to fight over screens, they start to chase. Um, they 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 start to like not switch. They start to switch when they don't have to because yeah. our guy is still, he fought over the screen and he's still with his man. So then you end up with two on one man because you're not used to uh, your other your other guy fighting over the screen like that. I feel like that can contributes to some of the confusion as well sometimes. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. But I do like when it's Grimes and Mitch together on the pick and roll because when it's Grimes and Mitch on, together on the pick and roll, it's like they have an understanding yeah. to where... You know, they were to where they don't get lost on the pick and roll. Like Ram sticks with his guy, and then Mitch. Then what Mitch will do is like he'll protect a bit. So it's like if the guy's trying to drive to the basket, he'll like kind of like block off that lane and allow Grimes to catch up. And then once Grimes catches up to the defender, then Mitch goes back to his guy. So those two together on the pick and roll, they pretty they pretty much have a good understanding. But maybe the rest of the team needs to try to catch up with understanding like you know the rotations and stuff when you know. Grimes fights over picks and right. he sticks with it as opposed to like the Knicks just switching everything. I agree. I agree. We probably don't need that versus the Hawks because the Knicks do play the Hawks next. I already know you know how Trey gets down when it comes to the pick and rolls. Is Trey playing? What's up with Trey? I'm not even sure. What's up with I know he had his shoulder issue and he had sat out of the game. So I'm not sure if that was that, but um, we, we, we owe the Hawks one for sure. We owe them. We ordered the way they were shimmying down the floor and celebrating. We owe them. So we need to get this win versus we need to kick some bird the next game. I need that win. Switching Sherwin, switching is not switching is the best thing to do on a pick and roll, depending on who you're switching with. If it's a if you're switching a one for pick and roll where your guard is now guarding um a power forward who is 610 and you're guarding your 63 that's a bad switch you know what i mean so it depends it really depends it really depends on the situation or like you so you'll have that when that happens sometimes you will just have a, a power forward posting up a small guy or switching you switching yesterday like i said grimes was the only one who was able to guard down uh you could yesterday they were switching. They had to switch the pick and roll. Now all of a sudden you had uh you have Luca posting up Derrick Rose. Now you're in trouble. Now it's barbecue tricking. So 
switching is not always the best remedy. It might be the best remedy if the guys who are both switching are both capable defenders, but I'll, but that's not always the situation when you switch. All right. I think about I, anything else you want to mention. I think I've talked about everything I want to talk about. Shout out to Hartenstein who played good defense, McBride's in the game. Cam, we, we don't want Cam to see him buried on the bench anymore. Hopefully he comes back uh, versus Hawks, the team who trade him and shows out. I think we talked about everything there is to talk about. Yeah, I'm pretty much straight. I pretty much said everything I needed to say, and I'm good to go with ending the show if you are. All right, cool. Yeah, uh, please, if you like the show, if you enjoy the show, please hit the like button, please hit the subscribe, subscribe button, and you know help KOT start to trend and get the word out there that we are where you want to be. Uh, Next game. When is the next game? Next game is huh? Wednesday against the Hawks. Yeah, so we're off Monday and Tuesday. Next game is Wednesday against the Hawks. So we will be back on Wednesday. Um, um maybe you'll see if you can do like a preview show as well. This might be a good day to do a preview show with two days off. So maybe we'll talk about doing that as well. All right. All right. But salute to the chat. Uh, and we got some super chats coming in. Shout out to JT Riddick who sends a 499 super chat who says, Yeah, all 82. Shout out to my guy. And also, also shout out to Echelon sends a two dollar super chat. It says, Yeah, Jay Bully, E the bars, and Atlanta Chicken Hawks. So he wants to kick those, uh, cook those hawks as well. Thank you guys for the super chats. The super chats help go to the channel, helps pay some bills. We gotta pay for the phone lines and the zoom links and and all, all the stuff. We gotta pay for all that. So if you we appreciate the super chats. We also appreciate uh, cash apps as well to help us uh, keep the channel going. All right. All right. That is our show. Ryan G, let them know where they can find you, sir. You can find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me at Sir G's Corner. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G-K-O-T. Alright. Shout out to Alexander who sends a 420 super chat. You, you, smoking, you, you high over there, Alexander? You got this, the smoky smoke. It says you're you tie 100. He, I, I think he he's saying play the youth them. That's that's exactly play the youth them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You them, he'll play them. All right. Shout out to my guy Alexander for that super chat. All right. You already know, man. You know where to find. You already know where to find us, but I'm going to let you know real quick if you want to find us outside of YouTube. I'm just looking for the screen. There we go. Listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Get those snapbacks. Um, the blue and orange. And the black and white, I think, at timeshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The KOT Show on Twitter, the Nick Time Show on Instagram and Facebook, and always, as always, shout out to Fubu TV for rocking with the KOT show. If you go to fubutv.com/slash KOT, you can get MSG for free for seven days. And if you decide to keep Fubu TV, um, KOT gets a little cut of that, and. Also, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You can watch it in New York. Um, you can watch other cable channels as well. You can watch Martin. I'll be watching Martin, Fresh Prince. You can watch some other sports channels as well. 
And so shout out to Football TV for pairing up with KLT. All right. Thank you to our guys. That is our show. Good show, Ryan G. Thank you for the guys watching. <coughs> Excuse me. That is our show. And you know what it is, as always. Shout out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess of heritage next YouTube streets. And Fubu TV is not illegal in NYC, Alexander, because I live in NYC and I use Fubu TV. That is our yep. show. We out of here. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Uh, 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 uh,